Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. And the topic this week is actually chat with your partner. And the reason that we chose this topic is actually because in last week's episode, we briefly touched on this subject and we got a few questions, a few people reaching out and asking for a little bit more information on just talking to your partner and chatting with them about parenting and how to start those conversations. And we have been talking about it a lot this week and we said, hey, Let's make this a whole episode. Yeah, and um, actually, we've been talking about so much. We had so many things that we potentially wanted to say today that we were we've been trying to kind of pare it down to something that's manageable. So we'll, we'll see, see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we talked about one of the things we were talking about is like what exactly are we going to address in terms of communicating or t- chatting with your partner because. There's so many aspects of parenting and partnership, and really we're focusing on chatting with your partner about parenting. Um, Just a quick kind of disclaimer or caveat at the beginning, we recognize that not everybody is currently partnered, so, you know, if that is your case, um, just we're still going to share what we think is helpful information about communication generally, so take from it what you can, and um, hopefully you'll find something helpful. But I got kind of hung up on something when we were talking about this because in the course of just chatting with your partner about parenting, there's going to be issues that come up that need to be addressed, right? Problems that need some kind of resolution. And I started, I found myself kind of drifting to think about that, but it didn't seem exactly right for this episode at least because there's kind of us taking a step back and looking at just like, are we chatting with our partner about parenting to begin with are we on the same page with our partner about what parenting looks like for each of us what we want for our kids how we want to work together how we want to do division of labor um and and those kinds of things and sure in the course of those there might be some disagreements misunderstandings whatever problems that need to be addressed but we wanted to talk about this first part initially just like just chatting with your partner about parenting from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about this, it kind of had us reflecting on really like the birth of Chat With Your Kids podcast um, and kind of like, like our origin story. <laughs> um, because when I, so I initially started like an Instagram several years ago that was just like Chat With Your Kids with some like similar information that we do on the podcast. And me and Alex collaborated a lot, but it was kind of my passion project. And it was fun and all, but Instagram is not like my favorite way to communicate information. And I just kind of let it go. Um, and Life circumstances. So we had another kid. Yeah, we had another kid. Was... We were in the like middle of grad school. Life was pretty crazy. Time was, was very short. <laughs> um mm-hmm. But then when I was like, you know what, I really love this and I want to get it back up going, I wanted to do a podcast. And initially, I was just going to do it myself. And I even recorded one episode Mm -hmm. alone. And honestly, first of all, it was just kind of boring. (laughs) And like, kudos to people who do a podcast alone. They are the most entertaining people in the world. But also, me and Alex were talking about it. And we collaborated a lot, obviously, um, on, like, we just talked a lot about this topic together. Mm-hmm. And the more we talked about it, we kind of just realized how there is just, like, a lot less parenting information marketed towards men than women. And I would love to do, I don't have any, like, research on this, but I would love to do, like, a study and just look at, like, accounts like women's accounts that they're following on social media and men's accounts that they're following on social media and I 
would guess anecdotally that the ratio of like women following parent-centered accounts is like much higher. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's a few accounts for like dads for dads. Yeah, but there a lot of them are like just straight memes, and which is which they're like <laughs> That's they're fun also and it's like important. they yeah. also communicate information and stuff, but it's not quite as like um, it's not quite like educational where I feel like a lot of the like mom instagrams i see are like tons of information tons of like how to's and like mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff um anyway but yeah there's like a few like dad accounts that i've yeah like follow, of course there's, just there's not as plenty many. just not as many yeah and they're yeah. great and super yeah and and there's a lot of like men who follow like the more like mommy vlogs or whatever too right mm-hmm. but just like generally speaking and we were just talking about how we really with chat with your kids like we want to really like share the message that like parenting is like a partnership deal, right? And that like um, both parents' contributions to connecting with their kids and having important conversations matter. And of course, there's like so much that is at play, right? Because there's different roles in a family, and you know, different partners work different number of hours, and you know what I mean. But you're both parents right and so we really wanted to make it more accessible for just like parents in general and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know yeah relatable for both parents and maybe to some extent model having conversations about parenting in a partnership Yeah. yeah and I think it has like I really have been so like, I don't know, it's been really fun doing this together, and it's been so good for us, and I feel like for our kids, as we, obviously, we record every week, and we're, like, forced into these conversations, and they often, like, bleed throughout the week as we're talking about these topics, um, and, yeah, I think it has been really, help, like, healthy for us, and we've had some, just a lot of good things come from it, and so we would love to, like, share that, and maybe even just share some of the experiences we've had as we've had like more of an emphasis on talking about our kids and parenting and just having those conversations regularly yeah well and with that being said let's dive in um sorry our kids have been watching a lot of paw patrol and that's definitely (laughs) a catchphrase for one of the dogs but let's dive in anyway so we have a couple of reflection questions and I guess we'll start with this one. So I like this question, and I'll explain why. I'm not going to give the preamble. The question is, when something bothers you, how do you deal with it? And the reason why I like this question is that, like, we're not really talking about conflict resolution or anything today, but I do think when we face, like, annoyances or grievances in a relationship um, that reveals something about our general communication style. So, like, if... When someone does something that annoys you, maybe your partner or somebody else, and you avoid it, that that's just like maybe not always, but that's just your tendency. Um, that can reveal something about just a general communication pattern that you might reflect on and wonder like, oh, am I just am I like typically just avoidant in when it comes to like important conversations, mm-hmm. even if something's not bothering me? Yeah, or maybe you get really angry and don't really think and start acting or like the right. So there's a lot of different ways you might respond. So just reflect on that mm-hmm. for a little bit and how that, yeah, like Alex said, might um, reveal the your, a little bit about how you communicate. And the other reflection question is just how do you and your partner talk about your kids? So are you, you know, are you like intentionally setting aside time and saying, let's just check in on how things are going or are you, you know, just like touching base at the end of the day and how are things going and telling, you know, cute, funny stories and um, like, yeah, like what do your conversations look like? Are you talking about your parenting and the impact and their growth? Are you complaining? Just like there's a lot of different things, but what is this like, I guess, what does this topic look like for you right now? Yeah, taking stock. So we have some information about different 
ways that people communicate through verbal communication. This is something we we also got hung up on this because like when it comes to like communication in relationships, it's such a broad field and we kept going down different rabbit holes talking about different things we could address. But we kind of settled on taking a more like 30,000 feet view in general, like what are some broad ways that people think and talk uh, in relationships? And so we have uh, just a list here, and some of these may relate to you. Maybe we've missed something here, which is totally possible. It's definitely not exhausting, an exhaustive list, but um, I'll list them out, and then we'll talk about them. Sounds good. Okay. So there's the analytical or logical approach, concrete and or problem solving, logistical, emotion focused, humor or sarcasm, and then there's kind of a range of communications related to assertiveness that we'll get into a little bit later. But the reason why we're sharing these different communication styles is just not that any of them are like better or worse than others um, because they're not, but they reflect general tendencies that people have. And it's important to know kind of what is your own tendency going into a con- like just in the process, in the course of chatting, your tendencies will come out somewhere. And also what are the tendencies of your partner? Um, because let's say you have somebody who's like very logical and thinks a lot in the abstract, and then somebody who's very concrete problem-solving in communication style, it's possible to just talk past each other, right? And, like, it could just lead to, like, miscommunication, misunderstanding, like, stalling out, frustration, whatever. Um, Or you think that you're understanding each other, and then you find out later you totally didn't, and then, you know, whatever, something happens, but... Yeah, it can really help, like, one, I think if you understand a little bit how you usually tend to approach conversations or try to communicate, and then also, like, your partner, you can maybe even validate their style of communication and see, like, oh, you're really trying to communicate with me right now, and I understand that looks different than how maybe I would have approached bringing up this topic, right? And we were talking about it, like, these conversations start before your child is born, and some of them are so big. Like, we were talking about, and I actually was talking about this with a friend earlier this week, which is probably why it came up, of, like, if you have a boy, then you have a really big decision before they, they, they're born, right? You have to talk about, do we have them circumcised or not, right? And so, um, you know, if you have a child, you've obviously encountered some of these decisions before, and maybe you can even look back and say, like, oh, like I kind of see how we were approaching that and we were looking at it differently or the same and just maybe finding good ways to validate how one partner likes to communicate and then just, you know, acknowledge how you like to communicate and how they work together. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about, like, what are these communication styles? Okay, so the analytical or logical style is very, like, intellectualized, um, so it might be kind of like <sighs> devoid of emotion-focused content. Um, and again, not in a negative way, just like people who are analytical might just think through problems much more in the abstract. Um, they might kind of like plan or reason about things or think about them philosophically um, or something like that. And... So with somebody who's more like analytical or logical, again, these are people that like have powerful minds, right? They use intellectual thought a lot. So an example could be, let's say your kid's having trouble at school. Like you get some, you get a report from the teacher here and there that they're struggling during the day. They're kind of sad when they come home and you're not really sure what's going on. The analytical person would probably start to dig into like, Things like, well, how much are the teachers getting paid? And how many hours are they expected to work? Are they staying, like, coming in early and staying late? Basically, like, are they overworked? How do the administrators interact with the teachers? How are they trained on behavior management or whatever? And so somebody from, like, an analytical perspective might try to, like, figure out how is this 
education system functioning. Um, and yeah, it's one way to kind of look at and manage and understand the issue, right? Or like whatever it is that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this might be somebody, you know, if you're dealing with like earlier on, like having sleep problems, right? Um, maybe you're communicating and if you're in a more like emotionally driven person, you may feel like invalidated or unlistened to if you don't quite understand their style or maybe you haven't talked about these styles yet, right? Um, they may be more focused on like implementing a system yeah, of like, training, like finding yeah, the right one the right and implementing system. yeah. Yeah. Um and so like learning, yeah, again, we'll talk about the other ones, but just kind of learning how your partner communicates. That might you might be like I just need to talk about how hard this is and then we can go like move forward or whatever. But just recognizing like that is it doesn't mean they don't care or they're not frustrated or they're not worried about their kids struggling in school or sleeping. Um, they're just communicating and you know a little bit different. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, the next one is the concrete or problem solving style. So for this one, like you might get into, let's say, so I want to talk about actually the concrete problem solving and the logistical together because I think that they they sound similar and I want to talk about actually how they're different by applying them to the same problem. So let's say you're young parents, you have young kid in daycare or school, and both parents are working. So obviously, hectic schedule, a lot to talk about, a lot to manage. And let's say on a given, like in a given two-week period, both of you have like special projects outside of work. Alex is just describing our lives right now. He's like, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, let's it's just us. Say. This is us. <laughs> and your kids have some activity or whatever, right? So suddenly, wow, there's like a ton of things to address, right? Probably lots of tension, feelings, whatever. Um, the kind of concrete problem-solving person will say like... This is me. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, but actually this is me. <laughs> like maybe get a calendar out and start to put down things in the calendar and say like, okay, here's what we have. What do we need to do? Um, like what are the specific things that we need to do? To make this all happen, the logistical person will look at the same thing almost the same way with a slight variation, and they'll ask the question more of like, "Okay, but how are we going to do that?" I'm more of the logistical one mm-hmm. between the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> like we can talk about the what all day long, but like at the end of the day, how is that going to get done? Um, and so I think they're slightly different, even though they're very similar. Um, and again, both different ways of approaching communication yeah and as we we've been talking like we were going through some of the conversation starters and we're kind of talking about different topics that we've you know approached and just different things and alex said like i definitely think you're concrete problem solving right now (laughs) like every example i brought he's like yeah that's a good concrete problem solving um (laughs) and then yeah like similar with him with logistical and it actually reminded me of something we did last week and i think it's a really good example of like a problem-solving approach, and then maybe, like, more of a logistical approach. Um, Like, last week or so, we decided to kind of, like, have an intentional conversation about, like, Christmas season and how we wanted to approach it. So we, like, wrote down, we each, like, wrote um, kind of, like, what I wanted to get out of this season, what I thought Alex would want to get out of this season, and then what we kind of wanted for our kids And then Alex did the same. So we like wrote these lists and then we compared them and then we kind of talked about like how we can prioritize some things because there's like so much going on. December is just like a blur and there's just so much going on. And so then we were able to prioritize like, oh, like there's a few things that I was like, oh, I thought you would have cared more about that, Alex. Um, I guess I don't need to worry about that as much for you, vice versa. And then things that kind of appeared on all three of our lists were like, okay, let's make sure we spend our energy on that. Things that weren't, then we're like, it's just not worth the energy, right? Like, we're like, okay, we're going to do less crafts this year. It just didn't didn't fit high on all of our lists, right? Um, and so that was kind of, kind of doing that was like more my idea, my, my brainchild. But then Alex 
has been more of the one like implementing like okay well like let's do this <laughs> like mm-hmm. something small but as we talked about like these things one of the things that we were like yeah we want to do this this kind of fits all of our boxes is like in a storybook advent calendar so like we wanted to wrap up a christmas story for you know every day of december leading up to christmas and unwrap one and read one as a family and then like the next night after this conversation alex is like got the wrapping paper and you know like he's like okay let's do this let's get this done so i don't know i think that is like a pretty good example would you agree yeah it's a good example how that like and like yeah after we kind of went through my my list that I was like let's do this thing then he was a lot more like okay like let's let's write a plan <laughs> like let's like make it let's make it happen so yeah I also think too like we're talking about different communication styles but they're not mutually exclusive like the the one and the same person can have different ways of communicating at different times 100 percent. i do think we tend towards some more than others but we might tend towards a collection of them so maybe as you're listening like a few stand out to you is like because i can definitely be analytical as well Mm -hmm. sometimes i'm problem solving (laughs) but mostly like i find myself like wondering about logistical things um anyway yeah yeah and there are other things but emotion focused this is another good one. So I didn't, I specifically didn't want to say emotional because I think that has a connotation that I don't want to convey. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when we say emotional, it's kind of like dismissive of people who have feelings, which yeah. emotions are very powerful us, and very important. <laughs> well, we're all human. Yeah. When we, we all have emotions. So yeah. um, we don't want to be dismissive of that. So emotion focused uh, would be somebody who, Marcy gave an example of this earlier. He said, you're talking about just somebody that might need to like talk about how they're feeling about something just to put it out there. Like it doesn't even have to be to fix it or to analyze it and understand it. It's just like, wow, I'm feeling disappointed right now or sad or happy, elated. I don't know. Like there's nothing to be done about it except just acknowledging the feelings Mm -hmm. um and feeling them yeah and they also i feel like um will be very aware of others feelings and i feel like i also this is something that i relate to a lot like Mm -hmm. if alex is having like a tough day it's really hard for me to like move past that like i i like need to understand why he's not acting himself or like like, I feel like I need to talk to him about how he's feeling before I can, like, I don't know. Does mm-hmm. that, would you say that falls in, like, emotion-focused? Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, I get, um, yeah, I'm just, like, really aware, and I want to address how you're feeling and work through that. And so I think, like... But the funny thing is sometimes I'm like, I don't know, I just need to feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so I feel like related to parenting, like, there are so many emotions in parenting yes okay so for the emotion focused person um again i don't want to convey anything that resembles the term emotional because i think when we hear emotional we think that people just act kind of without reason or without rashly yeah just like they're purely driven only by emotions and I would counter that by saying we're pretty much all always driven by emotions, no matter like the most intellectually like analytical person still like, I think those thoughts are driven by emotions. We're just emotional beings. Um, But so that being said, I think the emotion focused approach might look like a few different things. So if we go back to the example of like your kids having a problem in school, it could mean like, Emotion focus might mean like before you do something, you have to like sit and understand how you feel. So you just have to like feel it, maybe talk to somebody. And then once you kind of go through that for a minute, you can put that aside and then figure out like, okay, well, what's my next step? Like, how am I going to address this problem? Because in this specific example, right, if your kid's struggling in school, there seems to be something weird going on with the teacher, the administration, whatever, like there's a problem to be solved, right? Something to be addressed. So you're going to have to do something about it. Um, Or another possibility is like 
by understanding your emotions, instead of setting them aside to address the problem, maybe there's something important coming up in your feelings that will kind of determine your next step, like the next course of action. So I think for somebody who's emotion-focused, it could take one of, like, either one of those, but I do think that emotion-focused folks, like, you can be reasoned, like, they're often reasonable in their emotional responses to things, um, even though they might tend to prioritize feeling their emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the analytical person still has feelings. Yeah. Um, humor and sarcasm is another approach. And so these, I like humor. I especially like dark humor, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and humor is great because it can help. You communicate this way a lot, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it's self-deprecating, actually. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the fun thing about humor is that it creates detachment from the actual thing. And so that can be nice because it can bring, like, levity and playfulness to something. and um, the It can make it easier to talk about difficult topics. Yeah, break the ice. Um, it can get tricky if that's the only thing you know how to do, mm-hmm. which... I think for most of us isn't really the case, but maybe you're listening to this and realizing like, dang, I just joke about everything all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) shoot. Yeah, it might be a good way to start a conversation that you're like, I mean, humor can be a great conversation starter, especially now like like this is kind of with both kids, right? Like that can be a good foot in the door. Like, haha, let's just address the elephant in the room. Okay, we're all laughing, but actually we need to talk about this serious thing, right? So Mm. It can be a great way. I think humor is such a good conversation starter. We've been watching a lot of Saturday Night Live lately. <laughs> We've been watching like old ones. And I do think it's really interesting how some of the heaviest topics in like current news they address on Saturday Night Live of all shows, right? Through comedy. Um, I think a lot of comedies like that. Yeah, yeah. I think good comedy is pretty deep, right? Um, So I think it is a really good conversation starter, but it it hopefully can lead to, like, more productive discourse as well. Totally. And I think a proper amount of humor can establish you. So, again, going back to, like, well, even talking with your partner or with a kid, it can establish you as, like, a safe person to talk with. Because mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm just thinking of, like, teenagers or, like, even sometimes, like, our kids, they're pretty young, but, like, I can sometimes be a little overly serious, like, take things mm-hmm. kind of seriously. And sometimes they're kind of like, yeah, Dad, whatever. And, like, but I do notice that if I'm playful about something, like, it can get a point across much more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Not that it's about being efficient, but just, like, humor can be more relatable Mm -hmm. it can feel more comfortable and understandable yeah yeah and our last one is assertive communication so assertive communication i do want to spend a minute here i do a lot of assertiveness training in therapy Uh, a lot of times people will come in talking about how they've been like wronged in some way or they you know something bad happened to them and they want to know like how do they more effectively communicate their boundaries with people? And this is actually something that uh, we know quite a bit about. It's kind of cool. Like, how, how do you go about doing this? But I think the assertive communication, I don't just think this. I mean, it's kind of well evidence, But, like, <laughs> the, the underlying emotion for assertiveness is actually anger. And assertiveness is just the proper expression of anger um and well it doesn't have to be anger but a lot of times it is especially in situations where like there's a wrong done Mm -hmm. i think it could also be and you can correct me if i'm wrong like conflict and like yeah conflict there's often anger related conflict but it can also be like there's conflict of like just I feel like there's a lot of conflict in parenting, right? Do we circumcise our child or not? Like, do we let our kid go to sleepovers? Do we, like, there's just so much, and it can be, like, internal conflict or also, like, between partners of, like, we have different opinions. And I think that is also very related. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, there doesn't even have to be, like, necessarily anger there, but there's conflict. 
I don't know. Right, right, yeah. right. Tension. 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 Angry, yeah. So, assertiveness falls on a kind of a scale between aggressiveness and passivity. And so, aggressiveness is just kind of like ruthlessly seeking your needs to be met at the expense of other people's, like without consideration of other people. Passivity is, and ruthless maybe is like a little extreme, but it doesn't always have to be ruthless. Like sometimes I guess people can just forget other people have needs Mm -hmm. in the course of seeking to have their own needs met. Passivity is the stance of kind of like relinquishing your own needs or desires to submit to the needs or desires of the other person. And then there's this nifty in-between thing that I'm I've heard people <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people make jokes of like that's a thing, but yeah, for real, passive aggressive is an actual thing. And being passive aggressive means that you are aggressive at the in an indirect way. So it would be like um, like so it could be like, you know, maybe I'm making dinner or something, and then I might say, like, you know, the the kids are watching TV and, you know, Marcy's doing whatever. This isn't an actual situation, actually, <laughs> but I'm just giving you this example. It's like I'm cooking, and I go, man, I sure wish someone was in here helping me chop these carrots or whatever. Like, it's passive-aggressive. It's aggressive because it's actually, like, kind of, poking at the other people in my family definitely communicating i want someone to help me cut these carrots yeah that's like the underlying message but the passive aggressive part is that it's poking at you in an indirect way right instead of saying like hey would you come in here and help me like i'm chopping these carrots and you know i've got other things to manage here in the kitchen it's just like making some offhand statement and the problem with it really is that it can be kind of hurtful to the receiver because there's, there's ways that being passive-aggressive can get really nasty. Mm-hmm. But the real issue is that it doesn't actually communicate what you need, and so then that can get overlooked, and then the passive-aggressive communicator can become deeply frustrated because, like, hey, other people aren't noticing that I have needs and they're just ignoring me. But they're ignoring because, in part, not to excuse the other people, but just in part because the needs aren't being stated clearly enough to be understood, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not, I, in that example, I'm not saying, like, that I need people to come in and help me at the kitchen. I'm just indirectly expressing frustration and then feeling hurt and resentful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the assertive antidote. This is, like, the formula for assertive communication. There's Well, there's different kinds of assertive communication, actually, but... Again, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, send us a message, ask a question about it. We'd be more than happy to dive deeper into this. But basically, assertive communication, the basic assertion just states what you need. If you want it, so like, I need someone to come help me chop these carrots. If you want to get a little fancier with it, you can throw in an empathic statement or empathetic statement. So you could say like, Hey, watching TV is so much fun, guys. Like, that looks like so much fun. Right now I'm making dinner. Can you come help me? Um, or I need you to come help me, right? That's a way to make it more of like an empathetic, assertive statement. So you're still like being considerate of the other people, trying to take them in mind, and state what you need. And that can help increase the chances that you can communicate effectively, cooperate with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are some of the different ways that we might communicate or engage with some of these topics. And it doesn't, like we said, there's not one like perfect way to communicate. And oftentimes you'll be using maybe some of these different kinds of skills. Maybe you'll begin with humor and move into like maybe a more assertive or problem-solving way of approaching things, right? But it's good to just kind of think about what this looks like and maybe, you know, even just how different situations may call for a different kind of communication. Um, But it is something that's going to be really impactful and helpful, especially as you seek to have meaningful conversations with your kids, is having these conversations. Um, They're going to, yeah, they're going to look different, 
but it is important to be checking in and having these conversations. And there's a couple of different like ways or approaches that you can go about this. Um, you may say, you know, like I think like in work, right? Like we both, me and Alex at our jobs have like a million meetings, right? Um, my work, I have a few teams and we have like a more formal meeting and then we have like a check-in meeting. And the formal meeting is like a training with an agenda and we're going over like some like professional development. And then the check-in meeting is more just like housekeeping, like how are we doing? What do we need? Like that kind of stuff. And families don't always have formal scheduled meetings like work. And sometimes I feel like work could have less meetings. <laughs> I feel like that's generally a complaint that a lot of people have. Um, but there's a reason that most work settings have meetings, right? It's important to like have important conversations and check in. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're saying, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I should have a family meeting. That sounds cool. Maybe we could do a similar structure, have like a professional development family meeting where we like review a parenting practice and maybe we can have a check-in and just say, how are our kids doing? What are we doing? How are we doing as parents communicating, right? That's great. That could be a great approach. Maybe you're listening to this and you're just like, that is not for me. Family meeting sounds just not like my cup of tea and both are okay, right? So maybe having these conversations in a formal setting where you set aside a time and you put it in your calendars is what works best for you and your partner. That sounds great. Make it happen. Have the conversation. Say, let's have a meeting and you can make it playful and silly and talk about who's going to take notes, right? Do whatever you want to do to like make it special, make it for you. Or maybe you're like, that's, yeah, that's just not for me. And that's okay too. Like, I don't necessarily think we're the like formal planned scheduled meeting type no, of people, really. but we have set a culture where this happens maybe a little bit more organically or naturally where we are checking in. And part of it, again, we're like, Definitely not perfect, so please don't let us fool you. (laughs) But, like, we do just try and have a culture where, like, if there is a concern or if there's something going on, that we make sure to bring it up. So where we don't have, like, scheduled meeting times, we do make sure at the end of the night that we check in and have some sort of time together um, where, you know, sometimes it's just talking a little bit before we watch a show and, like, unwind, um, moving past just, like, how is your day? But just, like, visiting some of these conversations. So I think, like, there's, yeah, there's really, like, either of those ways would work of just kind of, like, establishing a culture of, like, we do talk about our parenting. We do check in and, you know, like, talk about the kids, where they're at, what we're concerned about. And it's just kind of an ongoing conversation. Like, chat with your kids, right? Or it might be helpful if you are maybe a little bit more planned or logistical to just say, let's get it on paper. Let's put it on the books and let's have a more like structured conversation. Both are great. Just find like what works for you. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. (laughs) Yeah, it could be a mix of both, obviously. I mean, you could do like infrequently, you could have like a more formal sit down kind of like discussion chat with a lot of like informal chats. Mm -hmm. Um, I think either one you go with, you might, find incorporate you incorporate some of the other yeah I agree well and like even as I'm thinking I'm like honestly this podcast form like serves as more like our kind of like formal structured like we yeah I mean yeah formal you don't have to have like a meeting agenda yeah yeah doesn't have to be like an actual administrative meeting no (laughs) but if you want to you can (laughs) if that's your thing yeah All right, we're about to move into conversation starters. And for those conversation starters, we actually want to talk about some pretty common uh, conversations that either don't come up but should, maybe like things that kind of eat away at people um, who are like married with kids um, that maybe we've even encountered with our clients. But before we talk about those maybe common situations, We do want to just talk a little bit about like some just ways to have effective discourse (laughs) Um, 
And we, I mean, this is a big part of what we talk about with chat with your kids. Like the chat with your kids model definitely applies to other relationships. Yeah, Yeah. Like, of course it needs to be in the context of a connection and trust. There needs to be like trust established. Of course we want to like listen to the other person and truly be curious and seek to understand them. And of course, like we talked about, it should be continual and ongoing. Yeah. In addition to that, just some like quick and dirty tips. So be clear, concise, considerate, and to the point. Uh, I guess that falls in concise, but so by clear, like it's really important when having chats to sometimes in the process of a chat, like I sometimes figure out what I'm trying to say in the process of chatting with you, mm-hmm. but sometimes that can get kind of muddled. Like it, it is good to have an idea of like what it is that you want to communicate before going into the chat. And that's sometimes where I like, not that it's wrong to use the chat as a way to figure out mm-hmm. like with your partner, at least, um, to figure out where you're going. Um, but either way, it's still good to, whether beforehand or in the process of chatting, get clear about what it is that's really like the topic of conversation, what mm-hmm. it is that you want. I feel like a good example is we were like, there's just so much we want to talk about in this episode. And we were like talking so much and we were having a hard time like gathering our thoughts. And so we took a step back and we we're like, what are, what is our objective or goal for this episode? We mm-hmm. kind of said, we want to help parents feel confident and comfortable in talking to each other about parenthood and give some information on kind of like styles of communication and skills or, you know, I, yeah. So we mm-hmm. kind of like defined our objective. Yeah. So be clear, be concise. So chats are by definition, I think the way that we talk about them, they're like brief, frequent, and informal. Um, they don't all have to be like brief necessarily, but being concise about what it is that you're trying to say can just help give space to the other, to your partner, to have room to talk. Um, it can also maybe like avoid confusion. It can go hand in hand with being clear. Like if you're clear about what it is you're trying to say, which maybe I'm not all the time because I ramble a little bit here, but um, if you're if you're clear about what it is that you want to say, you can be more concise. You can say the same thing more impactfully in fewer words and that will more it will convey the information in a in a much more like palatable way mm-hmm. to your partner and like sti- sticking to the topic or objective kind of that you set like i think sometimes especially if it is like a b- bigger or more difficult conversation sometimes i think i do like take that momentum to like loop some other stuff in it hey like you know what i did the hard work I started a tough conversation, so why we're here, uh, I'm just going to say these other five things. And, like, I definitely do that. Um, which, I mean, is it, it's not, like, the worst thing in the world because it is hard to, like, have difficult conversations. But I think there can be more impact <laughs> if you kind of stick with your one or two objectives and continue to have the conversations, right? If you stay like compassionate and validating and listening to one another you consider your your partner's opinion and perspective then hopefully it's easier to bring up those other things that you maybe wanted to sneak in sooner or later because you're like hey we've established that we can engage in these things and listen to each other and do that frequently yeah so we talked about being clear and concise the last one is just to be considerate so you were just talking about this um to be like mindful of the other person's kind of experience or emotions and uh, and maybe like it's not like we have to get anxious about anticipating how the other person is going to respond but just in general having an attitude of like being like thoughtful and curious and wondering about the other person's experience as um like the other partner in the conversation. Um, And if you can kind of like, maybe if there's some heavy things that you need to talk about, being considerate of their perspective can help 
maybe illuminate your mind to ways to introduce that topic that are still clear and concise, but also like build a bridge from the beginning instead of like creating room for misunderstanding where that's not necessary. Yeah. And if you tend to be more passive, (laughs) also being considerate of yourself that like your opinion matters too, you know, in a conversation. So that's also important. Yes. All right. So now we're going to um, just, yeah, focus on some conversation starters. We just want to talk about maybe some common conversations that this might apply to in parenting. So we even like with the holidays, I brought one up a little bit earlier, some a conversation that we had, right? Of just, um, hey, I think, well, this is like a real one, right? Like I was like, I can't remember how I started it, but I was just like, hey, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Yeah. I go online and I see a million different things you can do for the holidays and our calendar's already filling up. Can we just sit down and talk about like what we want to establish or what we want to do? Yeah, can we take some time to just talk about what we'd like the holidays to look like for our family? And then we did our little yeah. writing activity, right? Yeah. One real-life example. Um, but we're going to talk about some of yeah, the common ones that have come up in people we've encountered with work, and you see them a lot like online, some of those common parenting conversations. Sometimes we've heard partners describe feeling like they lose their partner kind of emotionally to like the parent role that parenting's so busy and they, you know, their partner loves their kids so much and they're um, just can seem sometimes like all of their emotional energy is being directed to the kids. And then at the end of the day, of course, they're tired. And so they, um, like the person feels like they've kind of lost their partner in a sense to parenting. So... Just to give an example, supposing that were me and I were wanting to bring this up with Marcy, I might say something like, hey, Marcy, <laughs> if I were to bring this up, <laughs> Marcy, um, parenting's been kind of busy. It's probably the busiest time of our lives. Um, it's been hard in some ways, too, but I see that you love our kids a lot and I'm really happy that you're their mom and at the same time I sometimes feel like maybe kind of alone that in our marriage at least that I want you to I want to be able to spend more time together um, and focus on our marriage and I'm wondering like how we can do that awesome and I think honestly I feel like this is a relatable I think we've both felt this at times since having kids like um yeah, so I think it's important to be able to talk about, and it's not easy. I think that was a really good way to, like, good example of how you might be able to start that conversation. And then, like we said, listen to the other person's perspective because, you know, the other partner will have a reaction too. Maybe they feel the same, or maybe they're like, yeah, that would be great, but I'm feeling really overwhelmed. <laughs> and, like, you know, there could be a whole myriad of reasons. And I love how you kind of finished it, like, very collaboratively and not like blaming like this is all on you but like what can we do and I thought that was a nice conversation starter um and I think it's really related to another one that we talked about which is really kind of like the division of labor where one partner may feel like they're shouldering more of the household responsibilities that could be like including um yeah just like household stuff like cooking cleaning getting the kids clothes like that kind of stuff and then also like emotional labor like contacting the kids school getting all the spirit week outfits ready for a crazy hair day and pajama day and getting teacher gifts like all of those kinds of things so there's like a million and ten tasks to parenthood and sometimes it can feel maybe like uneven right so being able to start a conversation of like how can we Maybe share that load together. Um, And of course, that conversation would look differently, different for everyone. Uh, But it might go something like, hey, babe, I know that you have been 
so busy at work and honestly things are just so crazy right now with the holidays I'm sure you're feeling it too I just kind of wanted to check in and let you know how I'm feeling which is pretty overwhelmed (laughs) and um there's just a lot going on at home and with the kids especially with like all the Christmas party stuff and things we need and I was wondering if we could sit down and talk about some ways that we can kind of share the burden of parenting and maybe I could really use your help with some of the stuff going on at home and around the house and I'm sure you feel the same so I was thinking we could just have a conversation about that so that we're on the same page. So those are just a few examples of some of those like really common and important ones. I think in an earlier episode, we also talked about like having a yearly check-in on your kid's birthday. And I really love this or just like probably more than yearly is, is better, but a birthday is easy to remember of just like talking and saying like, Hey, how is this kid doing? Like, um, what have we, how have we seen them grow this year? What challenges have they faced this year? How are we supporting them? What ways do you feel like we could support them better? What's going really well? How does this, you know, how does our child communicate with us? And then like kind of just asking what what would we like to see for them this year and how can we support that? I think that can be a really productive conversation um, and a pretty easy conversation starter to like, I think, you know, a lot of these conversations, if you have more than one kid, you're like, generalizing or whatever but it's nice to like individualize and and have that check-in so that's another conversation start thanks for joining us this week uh, for this episode of chat with your kids which was about chatting with your partner as always if you like what we have to say feel free to share this or other episodes with a friend or partner or message us on instagram you can email us at chatwithyourkids at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We enjoy the questions that we get from you. And we want to continue providing excellent content for you. So feel free to, to share your questions, share your concerns, share your success stories. And join us again next week.